My name is Michael Alanis, and I am the founder of a digital marketing agency in Southern California. I've spent the last 10 years combining my direct sales background with a passion for internet marketing. And through all of the online and offline strategies I've tried and tested, this one thing has remained the same. Quality clients are not sold, they are converted. So if you're tired of playing the numbers game with your sales and marketing goals and want to start learning the timeless principles of profitable customer acquisition, then join me as we discuss the craft of client conversion and transform you into a client converter. Hey everyone, this is Michael with Local Loop Marketing and coming to you with a really uh, special message, interview, dialogue today. I don't want to categorize this just as an interview because this began as a dialogue and we're just carrying this over now to a recorded platform and getting this out to everyone. I'm here today with uh, Jeff Stein and we were working on the intro just to hitting record and I said, <laughs> the biggest thing for me is when I introduce somebody, I like to know who they were in their prior life and Jeff... I'm going to introduce, have you introduce, who were you in your prior life? I was a, thank you, Michael, by the way, for bringing me on the show, and kudos to Michael at uh, you know, Local Loop Marketing. Great services, great uh, business if you ever need their services. Okay. Uh, I was formerly a comedy executive, actor, director, writer, producer, voice talent, narcissist, egomaniac, and now currently I am an, what I call myself an inspiration facilitator, comedian, speaker, executive, consultant. I'm in the business of reminding people why they do things, get to the meat of it, uh, the, you know, the what and the why instead of the how and the when so much. You're more how and when wow. <laughs> with marketing. I'm what and why. You're also somewhat of a poet, too. And what's really cool, everyone, is for me personally, we are coming to you from here in Sherman Oaks, California. At Premier Network Studios. Right next to Coast to Coast AM. With George Nuri. Which is a hidden little fetish of mine. Yes, it which is. Which I'll be listening to at 10 p.m. tonight <laughs> as I'm plugging George Nuri's show. So we're going to take you in the studio afterwards and see if you can feel the vortex oh, of energy uh, that emits from uh, George's great guy, by the way, on and off the air for That's the reference. so cool. Good guy. But the cool thing is, you know what, the reason why we're here with Jeff today is I met Jeff actually through, as all things happen in Los Angeles, through somebody else. All right. And you wind up all together. Right. And we were talking about, you know, getting Jeff's uh, consulting coaching business off the ground. Not that it's not doing well already. It is. And he works with executives. And what really drew me to Jeff was that in his role with executives, he's working with people that already have established success. Right. And you would think that um, when someone hits that level, they've <laughs> got it dialed in already. Sometimes the ego just gets thicker. That could be it. <laughs> <laughs> right? You get to this upper level and you think, oh, yeah, right? We all assume that they yeah. must be successful all the time. But it, it, sometimes it's just a train that just keeps moving and they, they haven't uh, necessarily resolved the inner fears and issues that do hold them back. It's just that they're in such large apparatus that it kind of moves anyway, I think, sometimes. And I found myself, as I was, as I was you know, teaching Jeff about you know, internet marketing, the tactical strategies, the triggers, basically the big domino machine that we have to build for him, <laughs> I got very interested in you know, pulling from him, what is it you do, Jeff? Let's talk about this. So the whiteboard put it down. I'm like, wow, this is really cool stuff because in my day-to-day -day life, I work with entrepreneurs that are rising up trying to crack that first seven figures, their right. first million. Right. When you make your first million... It's easier than making the next five million past right. that. That first million is so hard to break. And I've never believed this stuff before about its mental and mindset. I really was against it. Yeah. I'm like, come on, it's right here. Just do the work. Yeah. But <laughs> in doing this work for the last five, six years, I've realized it really is mental. And so while I, I can work well with someone in strategy and, you know, tactical and putting something together, yeah. I have found 
that if I find someone very talented to work with and there's something going on why that success has not taken off yet, right? strangely enough, it's not a lack of resources or of resources at all. No. There's something Tools going everywhere. on. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I have the laptop open. I actually am looking forward to this because I want to take notes too <laughs> because this is one of the biggest barriers of me having a great client long term. They'll start to like give up on themselves and bow out. Yeah. So Jeff, I kind of want to bow out right here and I want to <laughs> say, can you help me with this? Because you know, in business, we've learned that, hey, a small client is the same thing as the large client making things work. Yeah. Now, mentally, too, this is what I want to segue to you now. Can you tell us about what is it that you encounter? What are the basic things that you see take place? And how does someone overcome mental barriers to success? Yeah, you just you really nailed it in terms of it's a it's a it's a wrongheaded focus. Life or business is a belief game. You know, you've heard this before. We right. all, you're, you know. Actually, I have not. You've said that. Okay. So I've heard it from you before. But, you know, like Ford is always the, the famous quote, right? If you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Right, right. right. It's a great quote and it's very true. It is a belief game. And so where we miss that is, and we've talked about this, Michael, separately, is that people see things outside of them. They see all of their power outside of them rather than within them. And they say, well, how can I have my power within me? That's just all woo-woo, weird, airy-fairy stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, whether you believe in a spiritual aspect or you believe in a consciousness aspect or you're just a neuroscientist who wants to wire your brain correctly, the way you wire your brain makes it dictates how it's going to receive information, process information, notice information, all of that sort of thing. So even on just a purely neurological sense, it's still a belief game. So whatever you subscribe to, it's true. The main difference is shifting from how do I get it and when do I get it? to what do I want and why do I want it? Every great thinker that has ever lived focuses entirely on that, whether it's Disney or Steve Jobs or anybody. It's what do I want, why do I want it? Because as I have a little catchphrase all of us do in this business, inspiration is all that anyone who ever did anything ever needed. If you're fired up, if you think, I just want this so bad and here's why, you will move towards it. And you, in particular, being a brilliant marketing guy, you're so good at the how and the when. You know, you right. assemble it. And I'm sure, like you were saying, you let into it. You run into clients who go, just tell me the how and when. It's like, no, we got to get to the what and why. Because if you believe it, if you're fired up, if you say, I want this customer because why? <clears throat> Not that I want to make money. You know what? We don't really do things to make money. I mean, we, that's obviously the ultimate goal, right. so to speak. Right. But if it's hollow... If it's not because, you know, every great thinker, especially in business, any of the books you read, they say you gotta, you got to have a love for it. you got to create a service for somebody, right? And service is giving. And that is a what and a why. You don't, you know, it's the same thing. You don't, if you were going to get married, for instance, you wouldn't ask how and when because the answer would be find somebody willing and then schedule it at the county recorder. Right. You would ask why, what and why I want someone who's, you know, being with them makes me feel like I'm home. And why? Because it'll fulfill my life and, and, and lift me. I mean, that's why you get married. That's a deep. That's very deep. I mean, I, I it's funny as I actually am here kicking and screaming privately. I'll tell you this. Oh, OK. Outwardly, I'm very motivated and driven. Right. And I got into entrepreneurship, actually, because I wanted to check out of responsibility. Right. I thought, hey, you, you right. build a business, the money comes in, I have to check out of responsibility. Kind of like we you know Forrest Gump was told, hey, uh, you, you got all this money. He's like, 
you know, good, one less thing. Like That's one less thing yeah, to worry about. about. <laughs> and, I, and my why changed. And suddenly I love the responsibility. I yeah. love connecting with people. My why totally shifted. Yeah. And... That's the first thing when I met you. That's what I loved about you because you love it. I do love it. It was so palpable. Yeah. So, and that's a general note to anyone doing business with anyone. First question you should ask somebody when you're doing business with them, what do you love about it? That's my first question. Mm. And I asked you that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's so great the way you can figure out the puzzle and you find just the right combination which gets what they, you know, that customer to that person so that they just, it's a mutually beneficial, uh, you know, experience yeah. for them. And it's funny, actually, you gave me an aha moment right now. Good. The primary thing I ask everyone, I say, you're mar- I say this because I work inside of Google AdWords a lot and right. we're a Google right. partner agency. Right. Everyone thinks, and I always, this is my saying. The closer you get to success, the more paradoxes start to appear. Yeah, right. It's strange. So I tell people, if you want to get really good at paid traffic in Google, it's what you do outside of paid traffic. Right. And it comes down to me to understanding why somebody wants to buy your product or service and what's motivating them to even go looking for you in the first place. Right. If you can identify why someone is searching for something <laughs> and you know why they're motivated to do that and what triggers them to say yes to you and if you understand why they're saying yes to you right now so if anyone has clients right now if you understand your best clients why they say yes to me right now that's the key to it and so you're here talking about the why and i'm like here i am looking at my clients saying it's the why it's the why it's the why it's the why but thinking that i'm somehow different and that doesn't apply to me Right. We yeah. think we're the exception to the rule. Yeah, As yeah, I've yeah. selfishly showed up for my own session with you right now. Ah, I love it. That's cool. This is what I love, of course. I, I can't get enough of this. So let me pitch um, you a softball then. Now, all right, let me softball. pitch you a fast one here then. All right. Okay. You work with executives that are already successful. Sure. Do you feel that the barriers to success um, are the same no matter what? Or do the monsters become bigger or is it the same monster over and over and over again like everyone has their own little demon that they keep right. encountering that that you know disguises himself as something else like does it let me know about this. What, what, what is you that? You know, it's the funniest thing I was, because I have, like you, have clients that are millionaires and multimillionaires, and then you have clients that are just struggling. I have struggling actor clients. I like to have a nice broad view because it keeps me centered. I have a few pro bono people that I work gotcha. for free, you know, because I want to uh, believe in what I, uh, right. I actually walk the talk, right? It's the same. It's the same human conditions. Mm. It's still the belief game. It's still knowing what do I want and what I want instead of how and when. And it's also... Knowing your emotional relativity, I refer to it as the emotional evolution scale. That's a lot of things that we miss, especially as dudes. Yeah. We get very testosterone or like, I don't care. Just be, fight through. It doesn't matter how it feels. It matters how it feels. It, it does. It's super important. And advertising knows that. That's why when you watch a commercial, they're going right for your heart. It used to be more fear, and there are still a lot of commercials that are mm-hmm. fear-based. I mean, it's out there, that's for sure. Right. But you remember it was always, back when we were younger especially, it was like, if you don't have this product, you're a loser, basically. <laughs> right. And now it's, have this product, and your life will feel like this. And, and it's everything. That is the difference. But you have to know that about yourself, whether you're a CEO of a big company, or you're just an actor trying to walk into an audition and feel like you belong. It's the same thing. You'd be surprised how many people, and you know this, in, in big positions of, of corporate power who are still scared, terrified. They're just better at hiding it oftentimes. And so are actors. You know, you hide it, you protect it. But if you're not addressing it, you're in trouble. You're gonna, and that's what I work with, of course, is the individuals when I, when I deal with individuals or groups. And so it is. The monster is the same monster. It's honesty with yourself. They always say the silence of the ego is honesty with yourself. 
if you're scared, you got to acknowledge that. You got to be aware of that's that. That's so funny you mention it. The question I'm withholding was I was going to say it sounds like like in my in my job, I keep always digging deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. because what you encounter first is not what you're really encountering. <laughs> and you want to take that somewhere. Yeah. Um, you know, Tony Robbins does that. Like someone yeah. raises their hand, they want to lose 10 pounds, and we wind up over here and they felt they were neglected because they were the third child. Bingo. Strange stuff. Bingo. So for you, it sounds like the why, for one to even know the why is a privilege. Yes. Because they have to have the, they have uh, to peel back the strength all the to be honest with themselves. Yes. Yes. So how does someone begin to get honest with themselves? Because at that, if you've been lying to yourself for so long, it'd be like in smashed by a wave. You don't know which way is up or down. Yeah. You're confused. How can someone start getting onto a path to be honest with yeah. themselves? Interestingly, interestingly, it's the same topic of switching from how and when to what and why because you go to be honest about what I'm really feeling. Stop, stop kidding yourself that if I just change the circumstance, I'll feel better. You know, we've always got it backwards. Here's some common addictions, for instance. We, and I had them too, for sure. I used to believe that money and influence were the measure of human worth and that we were all locked into competition with each other to have it. Right. And I also used to believe that what others opinions of me was more important than my opinion of me. The sum of all his opinions. Right. Yeah. It's, right. Oh, yeah. And these are the most dangerous things. And this is where you have to be honest with yourself that you're you, like you say, you boiled it back to rejected as a child and all this sort of thing. If you haven't looked at that, and I'm not saying you got to go into tons of psychoanalysts, but you should know when you're scared and say to yourself, OK, at least to yourself, even if you're going to hide it to the boardroom, <laughs> at least yeah. say to yourself, holy crap. That scared the hell out of me. Why am I scared? And as we refer to in a lot of different, you know, spiritual or self-help books is follow the thread of desire to down to that and see what it is that you really wanted in there uh, as opposed to even money. Why do we want money? We don't want money just because of the paper in our hands. We want money because it brings freedom. Freedom is what we want. That's all. We, I mean, freedom for to do whatever we want and have no responsibility, <laughs> she said, right? So, and if you're not honest about that, then you're not going to get very far either. So to me, it's always a game of peeling it back, peeling it back. Why? You know, what was I scared of? What? I'm trying to think of a, a specific example. But um, as you're saying this, I'm I'm like I put everything through like my my robot brain. It puts everything through <laughs> actually a, a digital marketing campaign yeah, mindset. Because yeah, yeah. right. what I do is you train yourself to do that. The digital marketing does not care about it. Doesn't it doesn't uh, have a, a horse in the game, if you will, in the race. Right. I look at data and I let the data influence, like tell me what's going on. Right. And I have to look for patterns. And so what's standing out to me right now would be, for people listening to this, as you encounter projects you're working on that you're pausing, that for some reason the craziest things seem to keep happening in a certain project, what are the patterns you're seeing about you stalling out consistently? What are the patterns you're seeing about, you know, partnerships dissolving suddenly right what are those patterns because if you don't deal with them i i realized myself i do my best thinking in the shower by the way i don't know why that is yeah yeah everyone's got their spot and you should know you should know where you do your best thinking and make that a part of your routine if i can't have meetings there where that wouldn't work but that's my best thinking i I know ceos who have meditation rooms off this off the uh, off of their main (laughs) office and i realized that um like you know uh I was encountering something over and over again myself as well, too. Okay. But I, I was putting it on people or circumstances right. and thinking like, oh, that was a unique circumstance. That's why that happened. But yet there was something very congruent about all of them. Yes. I'm like, okay, you know what? 
I got to take responsibility for this. It's the same way that if you're, you have a spouse that's abusive and then you divorce them and you get a new spouse and that spouse is abusive and you divorce them and you get a new spouse because you take yourself with you each time. Right. And you're going to, you know, these things, the definition of insanity, repeating the same process. And expecting I've actually had, I've told my younger, um, well, my siblings, they have, their, they have their jobs now, but people that have advised me about work, I say, you should always ask your manager, like the role that, that you know, they're overseeing. You should ask them. How often does my role overchange, and why does it overchange? Right, right. And if it appears to be that it, that role turns over a lot, and it's because well that person didn't work out, it's probably a bad manager. Right. And someone once told me this too. He says, you know, when they uh, when a football team keeps losing, they don't fire the players; they fire the coach. Yeah, that's a big thing. That's right. It was a huge thing. So it's funny you're saying all these things. Um, the honesty thing. It sounds like everything else. It's going to be a habit. Yeah. It's the habit. Right. It's the habit of, of honesty. You have yourself. to have a ha- habit of honesty. Right. Stop BSing yourself. Because you can't BS yourself and you can't BS the universe, God, whatever you want to say. <laughs> They're all there. So you have to start with yourself. you got to be honest. It's everything. It is the most important thing. And again, you find your honesty not by, you know, you use data, but you're still doing it. You're, you're feeling your way through the data. Yeah. You choose the data where your soul lights up and says, ooh, that seems like a pattern that works. And that feels like it works. Mm-hmm. And it feels like truth. And that's the guidance system that's even more important than the data. You know what's the deeper thing, too, for me, I realized, mm. is that in The Entrepreneur, too, there's two, there's like these two wolves inside of them. Yeah. And they both have desires. Right, right, <laughs> right. And they're both afraid of some things. Yeah. And whichever one is strongest in your life, that's the one kind of driving things. Yeah. And yeah. my gosh. So I would say this. Give me some tactical things that you have seen okay. executives break through. Do you think that it's meditation? Is it journaling? Is it talking to themselves out loud? Is it getting a coach like yourself? The answer is yes, right? I oh, mean, yes perfect. to all of this yeah. uh, because it's just there is no one path, and I don't try to profess that I know one or another, uh, but the only true one path is that, again, moving your emotional lenses up. Give an example. Let's break that down because that's actually important. I think especially because if you have listeners that are, again, testosterone focused, right. and I was for a long time, I used to think that emotions were these annoying little things that came up that that girls did, you know, (laughs) or whatever. And it's like, what is They're useless. doesn't have any value. But now I know that is the best GPS that you have in your consciousness and your brain because it tells you you can't have a thought in any moment without having an emotional response to it. Even if it's even if it's indifference or boredom, there is some sort of response to it, right? Everything. And that emotion in every moment tells you whether or not you are heading towards your desires and your objectives or in the absence of them, which is fear in some form of fear. It's either towards love or it's towards fear. And the magic word you've heard a lot of different spiritual, a lot of different self-help uh, folks say is relief. You're always looking for relief. So say you were working with a client and you can tell they're scared. They're scared right. to pr- press forward. And, and you can start with asking, simply asking them, what are you scared of, right? And, and, and you'll get some answers and you'll work it through and you have to point them back to what do they want and why do they want. But for your own personal honesty, um, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm bouncing around a lot and I apologize, but I'm trying no. to uh, – because there's the, there's the whole knowing the things in between. For instance, let me give you an example. If someone is feeling powerless – and this is where we bounce around those ugly – the wolves you were talking about, yeah. right? If you're feeling powerless and terrified and, and low self-worth or – Uh, imposter syndrome is a classic one. We all feel like somebody's going to figure out that we really don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) Those are terrifying things. Well, feelings of relief when you're down there are things like blame, revenge, Mm. anger, frustration. And you can feel it when you think about it in your heart. You say, well, does it feel better to be powerless or to blame somebody else for your power loss? 
it always feels better to blame. It's way better. Right? Yeah. That's moving in the right direction. And here's the honesty part. It's like, okay, I've moved to blame. And when you're sitting with a client who's not good going through your marketing plan and they're in blame or they're in frustration or they're in doubt, you can tell that, oh, now we're getting better. Doubt's actually better than blame or revenge. You can feel that. You can feel the difference. Okay, mm. we're getting closer with doubt. <clears throat> um, is there, can we get them up to um, contentment or, or optimism? And you want to keep getting, because once they're in optimism, now they'll start to move forward. And they'll be able to give you the feedback necessary to tailor the marketing plan so that it works. But if they're in blame, they're gonna, everything that comes out of that lens is going to fulfill that destiny. In the same way that if you're walking around there in your house saying, I can't find my keys, I can't find my keys, they always, they're gone, I'm never going to find them, versus they're here somewhere. I got them. I know they're here. They've got to be here somewhere. Then you find them. That's right? very that's very significantly just said because um, my, <laughs> I laugh because my, my brother is actually a marriage family therapist. Right. Okay. He's starting his own practice now. Cool. And I'm like, you know, we're kind of in the same business. Yes, you I. are. <clears throat> um, Marketing is family marriage. It's it crazy. is. It's family counseling with it's your, really with your clients. My hourly can be huge, though, which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a cool thing. Uh, like, right. Like right. This. It's endless. Exactly. What's funny is that... Um, you know, I almost think people in my position should go through these kind of, of trainings because what you just told me right now is that you cannot view um, growth as pass or fail. It's progress. Right. Because if you look at someone awesome. and they're, they're in blame, it's like, don't, while blame is not good, if they were in the step below that, that's progress. Right. But if they began in blame and they're still in blame, that's bad. Right. And so the biggest thing for me in mar- as I attach marketing to this yeah. is context. Someone will say, um, mm-hmm. I didn't make any money. I'm right. like, I don't know what that means because I need context. Right. What is the context of, of how I did not make Brilliant. money? Right. Yeah. If this, if I say this water costs $10, you would say that's too much. If you hadn't had a drink in three days, you would say that's it. Brilliant. That's all it costs. That's exactly right. Context. Right. You know, I, I work with congressional staffs and city council staffs and things that are political staffs a lot too. One of the groups I love because I'm a big democracy geek as well. That's my mm-hmm. guilty pleasure is I love politics. And they deal with constituents who get on the phone or get in their face, and they're mean. I mean, these people are cruel. And I have an expression, you can't be mean unless you've first been scared. People don't just go to mean to be mean. They have to be scared. Mean is a relief point yeah. from scared. And so when I explain to them that you start a constituent on the phone, and it's a customer, whatever it is, and the customer's going, I hate you right now. You're Okay, remember one? They're in powerless powerlessness and they've come to you for revenge which feels way better and mm-hmm. then if you can move them up to doubt and that and a lot, I tell my people all the time and they, they literally keep this chart I'm talking about next to their desk so that if their constituent gets up to doubt they feel like they got a good get, like they've ended the call from you're gonna you've ruined my life to I'm not sure but okay so that, you actually have a, a chart that exists in mm-hmm. this yeah, that's amazing emotional evolution scale I mean it's a common thing that you'll see around a lot of different self-help types will have their own version of it but interesting yeah. you know what's yeah. funny is then so for one to even as I think of context um, powerlessness is actually a good place to be yeah if one could even first admit that right there's the honesty we're yeah. back you brought it back around beautifully so the admission of where you're at yeah. is the first step to growth yes and and by the way, neuroscience has done lots of studies on this. And one of the coolest things about just naming where you are, and there's that honesty again, honesty is silence of the ego. If, you just, if you're sad and there, if you just say you're sad and admit you're sad, 
It actually moves. They've done, they've done uh, brain scans where it moves the activity of your brain from the experiential part of the brain where you're lost in your sadness and you're just crying to the observational part of your brain where you're just going, okay, I'm sad. That's why a lot of people like me in my business, even counselors like your brother, will tell people, oh, you're really sad? This makes you sad? You know what? Go ahead and schedule it. Sit down and be sad for 15 minutes. And it never lasts. Nobody ever sits for 15 minutes because as soon as they put it in that section of the brain... It takes it out of the experience, puts it in the observation. Then they look at it as, an, as a neutral obje- observer and go, well, that's not, that didn't really, that's not necessary. Right. I can go ahead and, in fact, I don't feel so sad anymore. Now I kind of feel like I can get, I can get through this. Like when you see the ghost out of the corner of your eye and you actually look at it and nothing's there. Right. Yeah. Great it, analogy. It, it keeps moving over to the left, to right? Right. It's bit. always out of your vision. Yeah. Because fear is an illusion, as we know. Fear is just the construct, the, the concept and the perception that your uh, reality is, is, the, is, the, is in opposition to your desire. You know, it's the same thing about stress is the perception that your responsibilities exceed your resources, your support, or your, uh, or your available, yeah, available resources. So this, like the internet, is one of those rabbit hole conversations. I could go on. I know. This well, we is can, life. We could hit meaning s- of life. strike a vein and end up yeah. somewhere else. Um, yeah. Let me ask this question first. Sure. Because I have two to follow up with. How are you on time with me right now? Oh, well. <laughs> are you good? No, are you <laughs> good? Oh, I'm checking in with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I you're good. I love podcasts okay. that are unended, unopened. I'm used to be. I'm a radio broadcaster, so we always have things on very good. set time. And well, let's keep going. I'm the guest in your. I'm the guest in your studio right now. <laughs> yeah, and well, our I'm, my mind right now was like, I can't believe I'm next to coast to coast. That's so cool. Ah, I love it. <laughs> That's so cool right now. <laughs> so let, let's let's do this then. I want to. Um, I'm very big on this, like, and this is the thought I've been working around my head a lot. Is uh, you know the concept of like, there's no such thing as like, you know, bad questions. Right, right. Because it always gets you. You know, we always say that uh, God bless the person who went that down the mouse maze went the wrong direction because they came back and said, yeah, nothing there. You know, bless the scout who found where the enemy wasn't, so we can also find right. where the enemy is. One less place. Yeah, exactly. So, um. Asking like asking good questions is really necessary. Yeah, like, it's not the answer. Another one, not yeah. the answers we seek, it's the questions. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you don't find answers without questions, right? But and the, by the way, from a universal spiritual standpoint, if you have conceived of a question, the answer already exists, or you could not have conceived of it. Yeah, the balance of things. Yeah, exactly. you can't you can't come up with a question that hasn't already been answered. So, what would you say are the most important questions that people should be asking themselves on a regular basis? The evergreen, no matter where you are on your life, questions. Yeah, what do I want? How do I? Why do I want it? And how do I feel about this? Am I, is what I'm feeling moving me towards love or fear? Because there is nothing more important than that you feel good about. We always say in, the, in this business, line up your decisions, and even if you make a decision and didn't work out, line that up too. Know that you know, which means forgiveness. So and that's this all the same topic. But if you if you've blown something, you were talking about this great idea of you know there's no failures, there's no bad questions. Um, know that too. That and so that's the other part, important thing to say. Well, I just made a mistake. Great. Okay. Cool. Forgive yourself for that because one of the things we do in business too, we go, oh god, that was a that was a game ender. That was a fatal mistake. There are no such things as fatal mistakes. There's only great information gained through experience. Right, you never get it done, and you never get it wrong. You just keep going. So here's a here's a maybe straddles morality question for you. Okay. Ooh. So <laughs> business mm-hmm. is different than personal life, and you know one's value in the marketplace is different than one's value as a person and in the context of their home as well too. So 
they're saying like, hey, it's not personal. It's just business. Right, right. Um, you know, the, I, the concepts that, let's say, would apply for a Gandhi or a Jesus to be, right. you know, turn the other cheek. Like if, right. if one is victimized, you don't move. You, you allow yourself. Like you, if someone asks of you, you yeah. give them that and more. How should someone conduct themselves in business if they're in a situation where they're, protect- they're potentially going to be taken advantage of by a client? How does one react to that out of love, not out of like revenge, fear? How would you su- how would you suggest somebody move through that? Yeah, it's funny because there's a lot of books like Jesus CEO and things like this who mm-hmm. talk about yeah. that. You know, um, it, again, this is where your emotional relativity is so important, and to be honest with it and. Uh, to be taken advantage of, to victimization. That's that's really the, again the biggest topic of all. Uh, because and can it, someone be victimized without their consent? No. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Because that really is the meat of it. You just nailed it. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I'm asking you. Yeah. No, you because you cannot be. If you're a victim, then you have walked there somehow. You have achieved that on your own. So, so what is a victim a, then? A victim is someone who perceives. That there, that others have power over them ultimately, gotcha. and and the only power that matters is again how you feel about your life. Because if you're inspired, then some and, and you feeling like I'm going to make this happen no matter what, then it doesn't matter how many people try to take advantage of you because you just won't be daunted. Whereas if you're count, if you're keeping account of how many people screwed you, then you will just add to the list of how many people screwed you, and that's where you become a victim when you decide that victimhood is your truth. If you decide that, you know what, I'm just getting taken advantage of all the time, there you go. I know. That's the I, belief I'm, I'm game I'm such again. a big believer in that if you're going to keep a record, make sure it's a good one. Yes! Well, that's the perfect one. Yes. Yeah. Do not keep account of stuff that sucks. <laughs> I started this little journal. I, we, have I two, we have two children, a one and two-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, been married about three years. I know. Uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. I know. <laughs> a lot of chaos. I know. And she'll listen to this, so I'm going to... You know, you, you, you have <laughs> you have com- nice. you have conflict married. Absolutely, you do. Yeah, yeah. And I made a decision. I was like, you know what? I'm going to proactively keep a journal of positive things that my wife does. Yeah. Because those things can never be taken away. <laughs> Even if I, God forbid, divorce my wife one day, or she left right. me, or she died, or I died, that truth is forever. She yeah. did those things. That's who she was. For my children to read. Um, yeah, teachers who I work with call it smile files. Yeah. Where you write down things that, you know. And I, I actually started making, making <laughs> I attached it to a moment we have, when we have conflict. Yeah. I'll go write something positive about her. Yeah. And it doesn't, it was hard at first because I'm like, wait a second. That means I've taken away the fact that she said that to me or did that or I feel this way about her. Right. Regardless of who's right or wrong. Yeah. Um, but then I started to feel like, you know what? It doesn't because these are independent of each other. Yeah. And we all have these different things about ourselves that are so independent of ourselves. Like, yeah. that's why when we, you know, he's good, he's bad is so wrong. It's yeah. not right. You know, it's, it's, you can't do that to somebody. And I'm yeah. so object. I've become more objective now in my life because of marketing. Right. Because someone comes right. to me and says, this happened. Right. It's no different than saying, he did this. He is like that. I'm like, yeah. that's your perspective. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Let's put this all in context. Brilliant. You neutralize it. If you can yeah. make it neutral. I mean, that's all the, the Buddhists and the Taoists and the such. That, yeah, it's made me more of a peaceful person, yeah. actually. Ma- marketing has done that for me, <laughs> strangely Isn't that great? enough. Well, strangely that, enough. No, you did that for you. Because obviously you could have been into marketing and gotten more and more bitter and cynical. That's true. And you choose to see it as an objective sport for the betterment of humanity. Well, I'm the guy that wanted to get into this to get out of it. 
as that's right. Oddly enough. I know, but yeah. we all do. We all get in for ego. Whatever it is, you get in for ego first. You want to look better. You want to feel better. You want to be more important. You want to be appreciated. We're all craving appreciation. We just have to learn that we cultivate it from within. The influence thing is big because I have friends that <clears throat> they really went for the entrepreneurship role like seven years ago, and right. I didn't. I was right. afraid. I mean, I was afraid. Yeah. So Good, I stayed. You were, but you're honest about that. Now I am. <laughs> you know, you can justify anything. And I justified it then as this is a smart choice. Right. And when someone's, you know, not making too much money, broke on a couch, it is it, it, in that context, smarter choice. Yeah. Now they are multimillionaires. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my, wow. Oh my, oh my expletives, right. basically. Yeah. With that. And the one common thread that I have seen is the more they become this way, not, I don't know which came before which, like, have they become better people because of it? Or they had to become better people to, like, <laughs> even grow. Right. But you would think, like, oh, well, that, what's odd about entrepreneurship versus, like, maybe an older mentality of success is that one views these older rock star mentality of success and as we associate that with uh, attachment to the flesh. Like, oh, they probably are alcoholics, right. womanizers, right, right, drug addicts. Right, right. Yet the friends that I know that actually rose up, yeah. they have gone the other direction. Okay. People that were not alcoholics, they actually don't drink at all now and just really focus on health because they've realized I have to be at an optimal level. Yeah. They were not jerks to begin with, but now they are so extreme about being so loving and transparent with people that they're going out of their way to do things. Wow, that's cool. And I've, I've noticed that. So I'm not denying the data. Right. But before I was like, ah, that stuff doesn't mean anything. But that would be because probably if you, if you, if you look at that as a means of like, kind of like the sword and the stone yeah. it's not strength that pulls it up it's who one is in character courage of heart yeah. yeah and that's the weird thing of entrepreneurship why i love it it's this weird sword in the stone situation yeah. where everybody wants this wants this success yeah. yet the wanting it more actually makes it more rigid hard to get it yeah. it's the letting go and allowing yourself to fall in the right place in the market and a weird balance of uh you know valuing people um, but also not placing so much stock anymore of what you think is best for them or for yourself. Wanting and, it for how it feels rather than having a stake in the outcome. Yeah. Because then you attach your ego to the stake in the outcome. So I don't even know what I just said. There was quite a, it was it was, brilliant. It was a lot. It was brilliant. And, and I think what you, one of the points you were making under the subtext of that is if you're feeling bad about something, then, then you know, you're taking it personally. I yeah, mean, this is, that's a good point. You know, if you feel bad at all, no matter what somebody did to you, you can, you can certainly say that, oh, that's a crime against humanity. Well, that's great. But if you feel bad, if you're feeling bad in some way, either resentful or angry or literally sad or scared or guilty, that's you're taking it personally. You've somehow allowed that event or that circumstance or that truth or that marketing plan get between you and what you think you're capable of, what you think your desire can be realized, that sort of thing. So I have two questions for you. All right. But before I get to them. Can the listeners download at the end of this, make it available, this um, ladder of yours? What, what is, yeah, what the emotional called? evolution scale. Sure, we'll right. put it up on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's nothing real proprietary about it because there's 100 versions of it for that people do. But, you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, for you, it's not new. But for somebody else, it right, is. Right, exactly. No, it's yeah. super. Uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's like anything in, in this world. We, don't, we all know that love is all you need. The Beatles have been singing it, right? But we just forget it. And so tools like this, which we'll have on there, the emotional evolution scales, a reminder that, oh, yeah, blame does feel better than guilt. Gotcha. <laughs> a well, lot better. It, that's cool because it says, wow, if I feel guilty in the right context, that might actually be a good thing. Yeah. The greatest of negotiators 
are not so much looking on the circumstances. I'm obviously you, you, the circumstances are always what what you boil down to. But they they look at the the feelings of what's going on in the people they're negotiating with. They seem like they're optimistic. You know, are they are they feeling like they're lining up with it? Because even if you because there's two two schools of sales, right? It's the idea of just get them make the sale. You know, cajole, convince, connive to make the get the right. dotted line. Yeah. Or walk them to their desire, their own desire, their own truth reflected back to them in such a way that they can't wait to sign because they see their desire realized in this experience. And even if they come back later and get scared, they will not forget that they made the choice willingly at the time. You know, because yeah. people go back and forth. Obviously, we're all pendulums. I, I grew up in direct sales and I don't believe anyone can be sold now. At all. Right? I've come to that That's conclusion. That's a very enlightened yeah, perspective. I don't waste right? my time at all with that anymore. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't feel good. No. It doesn't feel good to temporarily convince something of something they don't, they don't want or they're scared or force them forward in fear. And I know there's a lot of people that say, you know, healthy fear. That, in my business, is the biggest contradiction ever. There's nothing healthy about fear. Interesting. <laughs> right? Because I have a healthy fear. No, 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 no. If you, you could have a neutral caution, maybe, if you really wanted to argue it. And say, get to a state of neutrality, get to a, a place where you're really being, you're not feeling anything fearful, and then make your decision. So how about people-pleasing? That's a big one yeah, for entrepreneurs. Again, that's the, that curse of believing that other people's opinion of you is more important than your opinion of you. And you know this because in sales, if you believe in your product, you will be a- aligned with the customers who also share the love of it. This is the hard part for beginning entrepreneurs. I fell into this because when you start out... Um, and if you really start out where you need to make the sale, the sale, quote unquote, yeah. to pay rent, right. um, you do, you are so desperate for it, yeah. you put yourself in a position where you absolutely want to be the servant of the client. And I'm and, here for whatever you need. And by the way, desperation is way below blame, anger, revenge. I mean, desperation is low. It's, That's terror. And it, it is. And what's funny is my business shifted. But it's a hard, it's a hard spot to be in because you also need the sale as well too. Yeah. Um, but my business shifted for me tremendously when I started to care more about working with the right people than closing a deal. And that sounds nice on paper, but when yeah. you have to, in my early days, there was one time I had to put my full rent on a credit card. Yeah. And I'm I'm telling myself this. I was like, I think wasn't it um uh, the guy that plays on The Office, Dwight. Okay, yeah. He, before he got that role, like the week before, he said he had to take the credit card check that comes with the credit card and pay rent on that. Right. And he got saved. Oh my gosh, got the role. So when I was paying rent on the credit card, I remember thinking, well, like Dwight, right? Yeah. You did it. You went from desperation to inspiration in Hmm, one move. Interesting. That was the emotional movement. That's that's exactly what we're talking about. Desperation to To inspiration. inspiration. Yeah. That may be actually the... uh, title of this when I marked there it. There you go. From Desperation, Desperation to Inspiration, Inspiration yeah. with a bunch of cool, catchy sub-headlines yeah. and bullet and, points. Because really, that is the opposite ends of the spectrum in almost every sense. I mean, the only thing lower than Desperation is like, uh, you know, loss and grief, maybe. And I, I had I had this dentist who I like really had to close a few years ago. Okay. And I went to go see him at his office. Okay. And we sat there and we chit-chatted and uh, he's like, okay, great. So proposal, we'll get it going. Great. I went home, sent it over. No reply. Uh, called him on the phone because I had to close it that Friday because I had to make rent. This is the day I had to make rent. Right. And I called him and you he says, Dwight. yeah, exactly. <laughs> he calls me and he says, uh, I said, hey, Dr. So-and-so. Um, <clears throat> so I sent that over and if you'd like, I could take the credit card over the phone. And I felt good about myself. 
all the groundwork, showed him every reason why he should work with us. He nodded his head, agreed with it. And he says, well, hey, he said, whoa, 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 hold on here now. Uh, I think it's a pretty amazing thing. You even got me to meet with you. So you should be proud of yourself that you, you did that. But you know what? I probably got to talk to my wife about this. And I know this guy is so machismo. He does not have to talk to his wife about this. Right, he right. He can decide. That's a line. He has multiple practices. Right. <clears throat> he's like, he's like, hey, we'll talk to my wife about this. Um, but anyways, I'll have a, uh, you know, take care. And I said, okay. And when I sat there, I told myself never again. Like, and I said, mm-hmm. I realized, that's when I realized too, every relationship has to start off on the right foot. And I started off already being subjective to him. Right. His schedule, where he wants to meet. There's that desperation. I need this. I have to please this. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about me now, but I, I actually charge for every initial meeting. I, oh. don't, I don't even meet with, meet with a potential client. Good. That's a great unless, plateau to be Unless at. I'm paid for it. Yeah. And when I speak at events about this, people go gasp. <gasps> yeah. I'll talk to people that own agencies. Well, it's such a common <clears throat> promotional offer, obviously, to offer the first one free. Yeah. I said, if you, if you begin already showing that your opinion is worth nothing... How do you transfer that relationship into you being valued at X? Yeah. The jump is way too high and it's not fair. And the reason that works for you is because you've crafted it into your soul as inspiration. Because somebody could take that same tactic and see it as arrogance, cocky, or some sort of fear-based, I don't want to give away my value, right? <laughs> right, right as right. opposed to, no, I feel my value. And my time is at such a situation, and I have enough of my value in all that I do, that if you want some of my time, I am thrilled to share it with you. But you have to pay because uh, every bit of my time now is being, is, is being compensated for. Right. And it, it actually is a product to advise someone, too, as well. Right. And I tell them, hey, if we yeah. do business, I'm going to roll yeah. this full uh, fee into your service. So yeah. if you work with us, you, it's a total credit, 100% credit with you. If we don't, then we don't. But you got... Yeah. You didn't you didn't I'm not here to sell you on anything. Right. Therefore this justifies us coming together as equals and me just advising you as if I'll never work with you. And yeah. that's worth something. But yeah, yeah that mental shift and those, those paradigm shifts have to take place. It's subtle. It's the whole thing uh, I don't want to be late or I love being on time. You know, I mean there's a big difference between those two things. People think there's not much difference, but there is. So next question for you is we met under the premise of you learning of you developing a strategy for yourself. Right. Your why, like, why do you like? What is it you want to accomplish, and why do you want to do it, Jeff? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Well, I want to just expand on what I'm already doing, obviously, and uh, I want to meet more clients in more diverse areas. And the why is simply because I nothing's more fun for me. I just love it. I love meeting new people, and. And so, and I wanted to break out into areas that I that I haven't necessarily passed across. Because most of everything I get mostly is referral, you know. And referral has been this great chain of of clients, one after the other, and that's cool. But like anything, uh, we have an old expression in spiritualism too: is that the best stance is content where you are and eager for more. And that's pretty much where I am. I love where I am, and I just want more. And so I put out there, as they say, into the universe saying, I don't like marketing. Here's another one. I digress a little bit. But one thing I learned is that I used to, when I was a comedy executive, I had a hard time delegating things that I hated to do to somebody else. And this was a huge block for me. You want to Even talk though about you hated it? to do it. Yeah. In other words, um, you know, I liked writing comedy right. and, and making comedy and working with my performers and my writers and things and just being in the laughs. And I used to be afraid. Like, I, I didn't like marketing. I thought, ah, oh, God, I just don't have a head for it. And I spent a lot of time beating myself up for it. I said, Jeff, well, you're never going to be successful until you learn something you hate. 
And that sets you up for failure. Absolutely. I'm never going to be successful until I learn something I hate. I'm screwed. So I had to flip that first and say, well, let me try to love it first. And I went, okay, yeah, there's some interesting parts about it, but I still feel like I don't love it. And then I had to release this idea that if I call up my friend and say, hey, can you help me market, that I wasn't feeling like I was putting them out. Because since I perceived it as something that was awful to do, asking you to do it would be like, oh, God, I'm going to have to pay him a ton because I would have to pay me a ton. And instead, I saw it as, no, there are people who love it. And if I get with somebody who loves doing that thing that I don't like doing, then they will love doing their part. I will love doing my part. It will be mutually beneficial, which is the way every bill is written. That should be your number one priority. Is this relationship mutually beneficial, whether it's your spouse or your business partner? And then I've met you. Of course, I manifested you. And I said, well, I'm looking for somebody who loves it. And that was my first thought. I'm watching you. I'm sizing you up going, Michael Alanese of, of Loop, Local Loop Marketing <clears throat> freaking loves it. I do love it. <clears throat> and so then I have You're that saying over. some really interesting things here. You know why? Mm. Let me reframe this for you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to say, do you think murder is wrong? Well, you probably would have a hard time, like, let's say, killing a dog, for example. Under the wrong circumstance, not the sure. right circumstance. Sure, not sure. ODL or circumstances. Right, right, right. Just like walking out and shooting someone's dog. Sure, right. But let's say you paid someone else to do it who loves killing dogs. <laughs> but funny. Yeah. You didn't do the thing, but you still, don't do, you still don't believe in the thing either. True, but if I was honest with myself, I, I would have to find a way to line up that decision in so life. I would say there's <laughs> something. Do you still hate marketing? No. That's the difference. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't gotcha. hate it anymore. I've just come to understand that um, I uh, will love the process with somebody who loves it and lives it, uh, you know, and, and, and just go. I also was a, like a lot of people, I felt like if I, I, was, I was weak or I was uh, not as good if I couldn't do it and learn it myself. You know, I had that, that was another issue that happens. I get that a lot in big, big types you know the ceo types yeah. they feel like they have to understand it all and and i don't and i just say well, why don't i don't because i think your personality type would actually be do very well in marketing yeah well thank you i think so too well, super got, well well it's the love of it i love anything i love everybody <laughs> and everything all the time plus or minus three percent as i like to say yeah and so when i met you it's like well here's a guy who loves it so now i'm just gonna ride his love gotcha. so i don't even need that way i don't have to understand it I don't have to spend as much time on it. Not that I would be a bad thing because you love it and whatever. But right. then I just kind of go, ooh, cool. And then now it's this, you're taking me to your theme park. Gotcha. I'll go to your theme park. I'm not going to build your theme park. You're right. building your theme park. But if you want to show me around, I'll ride the rides. Sweet. <laughs> you know. But you got to love it. This is a good little tip for our, our listeners. And so I don't go to yeah, appointments. Yeah, yeah. I don't travel. But I came here because I wanted to talk to you because you're a good guy. And you're one of those businesses. And this right, aligns with right, everything. How can right. I support someone I believe in? Yeah. And how can I assist my goal of a quarter million people requesting something from me? So if you're listening to this right now, you've requested this. Right. Yes. This has come into your experience for a reason. It is not an accident nor a coincidence. Has. So as we wrap this up, I not only want to deliver just this audio as a value to them, but also want to deliver you to them as well, too. Um, what is it you have to offer, Jeff? Who do you want? would you like to work with? Kind of give us your presentation here, and we'll wrap it up. You know, it's funny. We talked earlier about not having a stake in the outcome. And as you can see, I am obsessed with just loving everybody and everything all the time and teaching people that love is the point, that you want to do these things because of desire, because of inspiration. This is why you live. You don't live here to get it done, to fix things, to solve things. You get it. You, let, you came to this experience to feel the truth of who you are, to be for self-realization, this sort of thing. And so if you, if you are the type of 
person who feels like you could benefit from some understanding of your human condition and the meaning of life, quite frankly, then I want to meet you. And that means I love working with groups. I do seminars, uh, all-day retreats, things like that. And that is that encompasses everything from team building. So if you have a, a group, I work with small groups, large groups. Uh, preferably, I, I like smaller ones. I like working with 30 people or less uh, in, a, in a corporate environment, in an organizational environment, you know, nonprofits, political groups. Uh, so that's one thing I do. Uh, also, love working one-on-one. I've got clients, and I will always have my one-on-one clients because it's just it, – there's something about working with an individual that I don't ever want to, at least for the foreseeable future, it will always be part of the, the, the total picture. And as well, uh, I work a lot with executives and decision makers. I like people of influence just because uh, for you, you know, you'd like to reach 250,000 people. To me, the reason that way I reach 250,000 people is by getting to CEOs and presidents of companies and things. Totally. Because right. if I can make them under, help them understand the truth of who they are and to operate from love and desire and, and you know, being honest, then they will pass that to an entire organization. They will set a tone. The leader sets the tone. So you can contact me through either inspirationfacilitators.com. That's a lot of spelling, but there it is. Also, inspirationfacilitators.com, as well as jeffsworld.com, where I have my my radio show and stuff, my uh, Jeffsworld radio show, as well as uh, seminar stuff. But that has a hyphen. It's J-E-F-F-S hyphen W-O-R-L-D. The guy who owned the other one wouldn't sell it to me. So Ah. (laughs) (laughs) jeffsworld.com and inspirationfacilitators.com are probably the best ways uh, to get a hold of me. And you won't be disappointed. I can just say that for sure. I always say it will be a life-changing ride through laughs and epiphanies, just the very first meeting. And uh, if you're within the TMZ of Los Angeles, I'll come out and see you. I love meeting people. But otherwise, uh, we can make it through Skype, through phone. It's awesome. Well, I think, too, if anyone's listening to this right now, they've listened to quite... A long conversation. They got a taste of who I am. And I, how long was this? Like over it was 40, an hour? 50 minutes. Wow, I blinked and we're here. Right? So if you've come this far, you obviously like what Jeff has to say. There's something resonating. And cool. if you even are listening to this, it's because you requested to listen to this in the right. first place. Right. So that's something of note. So please do get a hold of Jeff. I highly recommend. Highly, Thank highly you. recommend. Thank you. And selfishly. I highly recommend you, man. Wow. Synergy. <laughs> See? Mutual benefit. It's that simple. Awesome. When you do this every day, this is all I do. I never work with anyone I don't like. I never make a decision I don't like. I never press forward unless it's Well, ha- they can't I'm even happy. find you in this tower you're inside of. Anyways. I know, right? This is my, yeah. my uh, golden tower. I, you, when, when, you get a, when I got a message saying, if they don't let you up, give me a call. I'm like, right. well, <laughs> that's exclusivity. <laughs> Ooh, me and George Nuri. <laughs> well, Jeff, this is awesome, man. Thank you Thank so much you. for your time. Yeah. And I'm going to go take some selfies with Coast to Coast next door. Yeah. The, uh, the sign. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Take care.